Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I am your host here, Chris Flaming, as always. And today I have the honor of hosting Clayton Cruz to the podcast. He is the co-founder of The Estate, a husband and wife legal duo specializing in family needs, generational wealth, and tax reduction strategies. He also has some background experience with crypto and the blockchain industries. Clayton, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. So I'm sure you have an interesting backstory. Um, I'm hoping maybe you can take us through briefly a history of what led you to where you are today. Okay. So yeah, I do have a backstory. That That is for sure. Because the legal profession would be my second career in life. So previously, I had had about a decade long stint of being a strength and conditioning coach. So okay. as a former athlete, I fell into strength and conditioning because it was just, a, it was a natural fit yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where my body could no longer take what my mind was, was wanting to do. So I, I had to make a, had to make a turn and I saw my, my wife as an attorney as well. And I saw what she was doing and I saw that she was getting to help people and the opportunities that were there. And I, I felt that it was an opportunity to continue offering services to people that were that were helping them in a different way than uh, physically led me that led me down this path okay so she already had the the firm started and then you joined or did you guys create it at the same time so we actually started it together okay uh we started it together she worked for another firm previously okay and all right. So there's got to be some interesting dynamic there. Is uh, Do you have any advice for people who might be in a family business or a husband and wife thing? What makes it work? It's not easy um, mm-hmm. because the one thing that makes us work that also makes it difficult is we're very different. Okay. So I will have a different perspective on a lot of things that she that she has you know her, her opinions on. Um, most of the time, they're both valid, but mm-hmm. without the other, um, one on its own is not as good. So I think one piece of advice to anybody who's trying to do this with a spouse or a family member is you have to have an understanding and you have to have this belief that two heads are better than one. And that if you can meet somewhere in the middle on most of your decisions and most of the topics that come up in the end, it, it works out a whole lot better. Okay. All right. No, that's good advice. There's probably somewhere in a country song, two heads are better than one or something like that. (laughs) Now, if you could, if you could go back in time and maybe give the younger Clayton some advice 
something you know now that you wish you knew when you started out, what do you think that would be? As far as being an attorney, yeah, uh, I would say to realize, especially with estate planning mm-hmm. or anything that has to do with people on a personal level, mm-hmm. to realize that your clients are not a transaction. Mm. and that people's issues should not become a normal part of your life. And when I say a normal part of your life, I'm talking about becoming desensitized to things that you see every day. So Mm -hmm. for example, like a personal injury attorney, they see tragic things every day. And Mm -hmm. I know from experience, knowing a couple of them, that the issues that they see just become something that they see. And it's not it's no longer uh, this horrific tragedy that it is to the general public. Mm. And I know with estate planning, in general, most people have the same issues. Like in life, they have the same issues. But everybody approaches and sees their issues differently. And I think it's really important as somebody who deals with people on this level to know that they're not a transaction that they're an individual and there is no one size fits all approach for mm-hmm. each person that is in front of you. Yeah, there's a human element to it and uh, it yeah. can be easy, easy to lose sight of that, um, but it is important yeah. and unique to that particular person. I find that to be true as well in what I do. So are there yeah. some areas of your of your business or your practice that you're finding the most satisfying right now? You kind of touched on it a little bit with, you know, how you approach working with people, but is there something that you especially like? Yeah, I absolutely love helping people start their businesses. And that, I don't know what it is about it, um, but getting to be a part of someone's, in a lot of cases, someone's dream, Mm. like being able to help someone start that and start it off on the right foot is that's really special. There's something about that that kind of touches me a little bit. I, I'm not, I can't put my finger on it. Um, it might be, be because I'm from a family of entrepreneurs, mm. but that's something that I, every time I get the opportunity to do it, it it's it's the same it's the same spark. It's it yeah. has not become old mm-hmm. yet. Well, it's the uh, it's the promise of what could become, right? You don't know if it'll be successful or not, but the person's really excited about it when they start it. And they're anxious and afraid, but they're also really excited about what it could become and the potential. So to be part of that now. So at the beginning, when people are first starting a business, why is it really important for them to get the formation correct from the get go? Right. Because there are some pitfalls to not Um, to not doing that. Right. So what's your feeling on that? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons. So a big one is tax. Mm -hmm. Um, Just just being able to be afforded some of the tax benefits that setting up an entity can have. And uh, depending on the industry, the protections that having an entity can have, but also choosing the right entity. I mean, most people fit into one category or the other, but honestly, you have to get to know the, get to know the person because I mean, just getting to know the personality of someone, you can tell right off the bat it, if they'll be able to handle some sort of complex compliance. Mm-hmm. So like, they want to have a corporation, for instance. 
I mean, it might not be right for them, but they're just steadfast. I want a corporation. So you have to explain to them that there are pitfalls of this. That, right. I mean, you, there's a laundry list of them. And one of them is you're going to have a lot of compliance and duties that you have to stay on top of. Maybe you could fit better into an LLC, those types of things. And just knowing someone's personality and knowing where they fit, like, I mean, some people don't want to mess with complexities that an entity might have. Right. So yeah, that, that for the most part, it's those two things. So I guess you would be able to advise them on what the pros and cons and the pitfalls are of those different options and then give them a suggestion based on their personality or what they want to do in that business. Um, some people just want to do what they're good at and have a business that does that. Other people are okay doing all those other things that go along with it. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So is that is that how you came to hone in or decide on the main focuses of the services that you guys offer because you have that family background in, in businesses? I think that's part of it. And the estate planning component, I know from an early age, I've been interested in tax law. Mm. So uh, after law school, I went and I got a master's in tax law. And I know that being involved in tax, seeing how taxes affect have affected people in my family, close people who are close to me, and seeing how different tax situations fit into estate planning and knowing mm-hmm. that estate planning is is something that truly helps everybody. Mm-hmm. Like there is not really one person that could not benefit from estate planning because estate planning is so much more than having a will or having a trust. And that's what most people don't realize is the two intersect, tax and estate planning intersect. There's no doubt about it, but they also each stand on their own. Mm. And I really, really like helping people on a personal level. And I also have a very strong interest in tax. So Mm -hmm. the two meet and mesh together very well. So that is kind of, I guess that that's what brought all the pieces that we do. That's what brought them together. Okay. Yeah. And I can, they definitely intersect. That's for sure. I see that in working with clients as well. So from a first meeting standpoint, are there maybe some common misconceptions that people have when they initially start working with you? Not not about you, but just like in general, maybe what an attorney does or what you're going to help them with. Well, so when people find out I'm a tax attorney, one of the first things that they ask is if I do people's taxes. Because <laughs> um, the word taxes is in which, there. Yeah, which right. I mean, I can. It's not. It's not something that I like set out to do. But right. um, that is a big thing. And then again, tax attorney. Well, what can I do to not pay any taxes? Well, that's not really a thing. So yeah. there's there's that. But estate planning wise, you get a mix. You get a really mixed bag with people from estate planning. Um, mm-hmm. People will come to you and ask you questions. And you know that they that they need something. Otherwise, they wouldn't be seeking you out to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And then you're having a discussion, kind of like how we are. And they're like, you know, I don't have an estate. I don't have like I'm not a wealthy person. I don't, I don't have anything that you know I need a trust for. Well, mm-hmm. most people right now don't need a trust. 
but you know all the rest of the pieces go with it yeah and it really boils down to education like mm. a lot of the people who get in front of you don't like, aren't educated on what an attorney does from a state planning purpose because most people think an attorney just helps people when they get hurt or they're mad at somebody and they want to sue them yeah those are the biggest things, but education is big, especially for estate planning, because there are some pieces. Yeah. And educating people on the pieces of estate planning is is a misconception that I often have to overcome. Okay. So put it writing writing things out for clients that you can then distribute before a meeting. Like those have proven to be very successful. Things like yeah. that. So right. to avoid the misconceptions a lot of times. Yeah, I find myself drawing a lot of pictures to explain concepts. <laughs> a lot of boxes yeah. with arrows and stuff like yep. that. Do you have the Do you have the drawing pad? Do you have no, the drawing I've, pad? I'm that looking goes on to the getting one of those. Yeah, what are those called? Remarkables or whatever yeah. those are. Or, yeah, I need. I've been looking to get one of those. Yeah. I need to. I need to write that down as a to do item for me. That's a gift idea from my wife. So Clayton, what? Yeah. Uh, who would you describe then? What would be kind of your ideal client? or your typical client that you work with or that you like, or that you'd like to work with? So that would probably be somebody who has a family and a business. Okay. Those are like a big family and has a business that they're either have already started or um, are looking to start because a lot of times people will come to you for estate planning and then you find out that they have a business. And the two are not, they're not separate. Right. Especially if it's a family, if it's a yeah. family business, they're yeah. definitely not separate. Right. So that is by, that's my ideal person is somebody who comes to me and says, I need to have, like, we just had another child. Uh, now we have three. We have just bought our first house. Uh, we also have this business. I don't think that my taxes are, are right. I see other people getting all of these benefits. Uh, through their business, and we have the same type of business. I don't know why I don't qualify for this. Uh, and just going through the family estate planning, the business planning, putting the two together, that's for me as an ideal scenario. Okay. So that puzzle, taking those puzzle pieces and putting them all together yeah. in, a, in a way that makes sense to the, to the client and also makes sense to you from an, a standpoint of being able to explain it to them so they understand it. You know, because that's the, the thing is we need to do this. Here's the why behind it. Here's how it benefits you. Um, a lot of people don't want to take action unless they understand the why behind it or maybe how it will benefit them other than just saying, oh, you need yeah. to do it. Okay. So the steps that you that you might go through in like, like a, a common estate plan or maybe you could take us through what you feel like are the core estate documents that everyone needs because that is a misconception, right? People say, I don't have wealth. Yeah, I don't have enough money to do any of that. And you and I know there are serious problems with taking that approach and just not doing anything because the government has a default option for you if you if you don't do anything from an estate planning standpoint, sure. which is a really bad alternative. Sure yeah. So maybe yeah. just take it through what you feel like or, you know, everyone not I, I don't mean a blanket statement, but just in general, everyone should do yeah. some core things. Yeah. So definitely everybody should do what they think of when they think of estate planning, which is have a will. Okay. 
a will doesn't necessarily protect you from, um, as you said, the, the government's plan for you if you don't have anything, but it sure makes things a lot easier. But then, as you said, the important pieces besides that are the, are the ancillary mm-hmm. documents to any estate plan, the financial power of attorney, the healthcare power of attorney, uh, HIPAA release. Uh, if you have children, um, setting up some sort of guardianship plan for minor children, mm-hmm. setting up some sort of guardianship plan for your minor children. And then if you have a business and it's not just you, uh, having some sort of buy-sell agreement, mm-hmm. like a cross-purchase agreement or uh, key man policies in place, things of that nature. Those are the pieces that are really important that a lot of people don't realize are part of an estate plan and they don't plan for them. Yeah, right. They just think they're, well, that's just some kind of an insurance thing or something that I've heard about. And yeah. I probably don't make enough money to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. The thing that I think is important that I stress for a lot of people is the HIPAA release and the guardianship plans mm-hmm. for their kids. Yep. If something happens, like if you're if you're married and something happens to a husband and wife together, and there's no plan for your kids, yeah, that that's tragic. That's horrible. And then the HIPAA release. If something happens to you, and somebody's trying to figure out what's going on, I mean, there there are so many stipulations as to what can be said and what can't be said. And mm-hmm. I have heard some really horrible horrible stories because of not having something like that in place. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the minor thing, the worst thing you could think of is your kids end up going somewhere to someone that you don't want them to just because they're your closest relative. You know, that would not have been in your wishes or anything. So that's very important, especially with people with minor children. Okay, so let's switch gears just a little bit. I I get a lot of questions on this. I'm hoping just on a high level and I want to preface this by saying that we're not talking on the benefits or or what people should do uh, cryptocurrency or anything like that. But I get a lot of questions on this just in general. So you can can you start just by simply explaining to us what the blockchain is or how it operates? So a blockchain is nothing more than a digital ledger of transactions. Okay. And that digital ledger of transactions that is the blockchain is duplicated and distributed across a network of computers that are supporting that blockchain. Okay. Um, And that's at the simplest, it is nothing more than an immutable digital distributed ledger. So it's like having a whole bunch of notebooks that you can't change given out to a bunch of people who need it. Okay. And what, and some examples of things that are kept on the ledger, my understanding is, is all kinds of transactions, right? Real estate transactions. Yeah. yeah, So anything on, can be on that ledger from a transaction standpoint. Okay. And then maybe then how does the, how does a cryptocurrency fit into the blockchain? Is, is it as simple as the cryptocurrency then is the currency that's used on that blockchain for those transactions? Am I simplifying it too much? No, that's okay. It can, without getting too confusing, because there's yeah. there are different mechanisms that yep. that work there. Mm-hmm. So there's proof of work, proof yeah. of stake. Both work a little bit differently, so they have different actions. Okay. 
but uh, cryptocurrency for a blockchain that would be proof of work okay is a reward for basically figuring out the code mm-hmm. that creates the next block in the chain okay and then you have proof of stake which is you put up some of your cryptocurrency um, to help support the network mm-hmm. and then you are randomly rewarded with more of that for your continued support okay so. okay all right thank you and Maybe if we had prepared better, if I prepared better, maybe we could have had a picture drawn <laughs> with yeah. arrows on it to explain to help explain all this for people who are visual. Okay, that that's very helpful. Thank you for walking through that. So yeah. let's switch gears just a little bit, Clayton. I'm wondering outside of your work with clients, outside of your practice, is there something that you're passionate about personally? Yeah, I very much enjoy. I cook all the time. That's okay. something that I'm passionate about. I, I like having friends over and cooking for them. That is probably one of my biggest ones. Okay. Like and read. did you develop that? Did you develop that the cooking thing? Did that get developed in your as your time when you were doing the strength and conditioning, the strength and fitness? No. Uh, okay. I kind of. I grew up in the kitchen. Like I was, I was okay. raised by grandparents, and I was in the kitchen probably to my grandmother's detriment right. a lot of times. Yeah, but look who and, benefited from it. Your wife yeah. probably appreciates it, right? Uh, yeah, because I literally cook every meal for her. Right. So yeah, there you she, go. She does. Yeah. So yeah. it still worked out for good. No. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Worked. It did. Okay. All right. So. Big cook. I like that. And maybe switching back to kind of looking into the future with your practice, um, what do you envision or see as kind of your biggest opportunity for the future with the business? Honestly, there's a lot. I mean, mean, they say that the biggest transfer of wealth is about to take place. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that alone is big. And I saw a statistic not too long ago that said, only 33% of people have even the most basic will. So, I mean, for every three people, there's two that have nothing. Right. And if there's that big of a distribution of wealth, I mean, there's probably a good chance that that number is even higher. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities there, but also... Uh, from everything I'm seeing, there is a huge exodus of people leaving the workforce to become self-employed. Yeah. And that in combination with the number of people that don't have any sort of estate planning kind of creates a perfect storm for someone like me who who enjoys working with people who have businesses on yeah. both their estate planning and on the tax side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the cha- and on the tax on the tax side, the sunset the provisions coming right. up and that that's going to be another big one because who who knows what that's going to what's going to happen with that so yeah there's there's a lot of opportunities yeah a lot of uncertainty when there's uncertainty yeah. there creates opportunities yeah and the challenge like always is always just uh, education and awareness and making people have some kind of motivation to want to to want to deal with those things overcoming some of those obstacles that you mentioned where you know so many people well, i don't really have anything so i don't really need a I don't even, I don't really need a will or, you know, um, so overcoming that, that'll always be something that'll, that'll be a challenge, I think, in the industry. And maybe on the flip side of that, Clayton, um, what do you see as your biggest challenge 
or your obstacle that you know you you want to make sure that you overcome honestly it's the exact same thing as what the positives are because especially with tax it, with estate planning stuff changes so much mm-hmm. It is it is difficult to stay on top of the changes sometimes. I mean, when a tax bill gets put into place, I mean, just sometimes reading those is, is a task. So yeah. staying on top of the education and uh, staying in front of trying to stay in front of what the changes are is by far the biggest hurdle because there are a lot of people will say, well, staying in business or finding new people to help. There are plenty of people that need help. There are more people that need help than there are attorneys to help them. Yeah. So as long as you can stay educated on what's going on, there are going to be opportunities to help people. And that's, for, for me, it's the opportunities and the challenges are yeah. kind of the same. They tie together. Okay. That's yeah. well said. Thank you. So if people want to learn more about your practice, want to learn more about you or contact you, what is the best way for them to do that? So they can email me at planning at the estate. So T-H-E-E-S-T-A-T-E and then E-S-Q, like okay. Esquire.com. Mm-hmm. So planning at the estate E-S-Q.com. Or they can go to our website, which is theestateesq.com. Awesome. Yeah, and I've been on there. There's easy ways to get in contact with you guys and learn about what it is specifically services that you offer. Clayton, listen, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you for answering those questions. I appreciate you being able to kind of jump around. And I want to thank everyone for listening, tuning in, and watching the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we are hoping to raise the retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, listening, watching, and we will see you next time. Be well. Take care. Clayton, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.